Welcome back to the Panthers Track Podcast. I'm Ellis Williams, joined as always by Jonathan Alexander. We got a fun show for y'all. In this first segment, we're going to break down the Panthers' schedule release and then talk a little bit about rookie minicamp and what we saw this past weekend. In part two, I have an interview with Vach Lombardi, a content creator who covers the Dallas Cowboys, the NFL. He's really a draft extraordinaire the way he watches the film. Um, so that will be in part two. But first, here's our conversation, me and J.A. breaking down the schedule and talking Rick Beauty Camp. All right, Jonathan, let's get right into it. I mean, the NFL schedule has become an event like everything else in this league. Uh, we got that on Thursday. The Panthers playing only one primetime game uh, like last year. Uh, but I would say a, a tougher schedule of sorts uh, for the 2022 season. Uh, just first, your initial takeaways when you look at the Panthers schedule. Yeah, um, it's fairly uh, tough. It's not going to be easy. <clears throat> you know, the NFL used to try to uh, give the teams who have the worst records the easier schedules. But, you know, Panthers, in terms of winning percentage, uh, came out with the 12th uh, toughest schedule. And uh, you look down at schedule weeks three through nine, in particular, uh, maybe even weeks three through <laughs> three through twelve, mm-hmm. it's not really easy games. Um, you know, just among the teams they played, the Cardinals, uh, the 49ers, and Rams, the Bengals. You got two Super Bowl teams in that span. The Buccaneers, of course, and then you got a, a host of division games between the Saints and the and the Falcons. And yep. um, you know, I, I tweeted this out. We don't know what type of team the Panthers have by week nine, um, right? Because they will have either been um, have a seriously losing record or they will be in the hunt and we'll be saying, oh, they're a much better team than we thought. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with that. I, I thought that tweet was uh, to the point and, and, and accurate. Um, to me, when I look at these NFL schedules, three things are, are where my eyes go. First, it's always about the opposing quarterbacks. And the Panthers face a, a slew of tough ones this year. Um, you know, from, from Kyler Murray to uh, uh, Matt Stafford, Super Bowl champion, of course, Tom Brady twice, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson. Um, those are going to be matchups that you just they're, – they're not going to be favored in any of those games. And, and it really won't matter where this quarterback room goes, you know, whether it is Sam Darnold out there, whether it is a rookie Matt Corral, whether they bring in a veteran – all three of those options, the quarterback rooms are going to be outmatched by the opposing team, right? So, um, to me, that's problematic from the jump. Uh, and then there's some wild card quarterbacks on this list too. They're going to get Kenny Pickett uh, in against Pittsburgh, and, and that's a game also that is in Pittsburgh. And to your point, you know, the Panther season could be in doubt and on life support by the time some of these games happen. This is a Week 15 matchup. Uh, but, you know, what's tough with rookies is you just don't have a lot of tape on them. Yeah. You know, so you, you just don't know um, what the, the scouting report is going to look like and how to combat that. Um, and then another one I had was uh, Trey Lance in week five. Now, that could still be Jimmy Garoppolo. We still have some stuff to figure out. But if Trey Lance is a starting quarterback in week five uh, for a home game against uh, the, the 49ers, that's going to be another game where they don't really have a lot to go on how to study a, a young athletic quarterback. So on top of the established vet, the Brady's, the Russell Wilson's, the Matt Stafford's, 
up and comer like Joe Burrow, of course. Uh, you also have some wild cards in there that I think could could cause some problems for the Panthers. Um, and then secondly, in what you touched on, I, I look for trends, right? Like where can these these winning and losing streaks uh, occur? And they've they've got some some tough stretches. Um, you know, they could start the season three zero again that week one game against the Browns. Perhaps if Tom Watson doesn't play, then uh, they travel to the New York Giants for what should be a winnable game. But we know what how that game went last year too. And then they come back against New Orleans. And I understand why, um, then, you know, New Orleans probably favored in that game, but uh, the Panthers have beat New Orleans at home last year. But then after that, it, it gets tough. Um, you, you already mentioned that, that that four through nine week range, uh, they've, they've got some, some games that are going to cause some problems. And then I thought it was interesting, too, that they play Atlanta uh, twice in three weeks. Uh, one of those games being in prime time, that's never easy. And that game in between those Falcons games is uh, a, a trip to Baltimore to face Lamar Jackson. Um, lastly, the bye week meeting on week 13. Once again, I just think for any football team, regardless of stature, regardless of head coach, regardless of talent, playing football, practicing every day uh, from late July and not getting a break till December would be hard on anybody. So I don't think the NFL scheduling – uh, gods, if you will, bless them with any help there. I have in a week 13 bye. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, that's the worst. You know, two years in a row, you got a week 13 bye. Um, but, you know, I look at it and let me ask you, who, what's your favorite uh, game on this schedule? What do you think is going to be the, the most interesting matchup of them all? Yeah, I, I really like the Cardinals game. At home, I think that's going to be a lot of fun. And the Panthers did catch a break there. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, the all-pro wide receiver for the Cardinals, will not be playing in that game. Um, suspended six games for violating the league substance abuse policy. So they, they caught a break there, not having to prepare for DeAndre. Uh, but again, much like the early Lamar Jackson practice, um, having to uh, compete against a quarterback that is just plays so off script. Um, is a is a heck of a challenge, and selfishly, uh, like yourself, as someone who gets to go to these games, report and and cover them. Um, I've never seen Kyler Murray live, and, and I'm excited for that. I've I've seen Lamar live a few times uh, covering the Browns. Um, he's my favorite player in the league to watch, but Kyler is is probably going to put on a show at at Bank of America Stadium. Yeah, it's going to be interesting um, that you, we like the game versus Baltimore. But you know, um, yeah, I think you know I think it was <laughs> interesting that the NFL put. Uh, the Cleveland Browns week one, right? Uh, you know they obviously <clears throat> are hoping, holding out hope that the Panthers trade for Baker Mayfield so that could be a revenge game for him. Um, and and the Deshaun Watson stuff, everybody knows the Panthers went after Deshaun Watson and 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 how close they were to you know possibly getting him. I mean that one's gonna have a whole bunch of storylines, but you know bigger than that, I think I think the Browns are a really good team, and if or have the potential to be a really good team. I'm sorry. And if you see the Panthers win that, then, you know, that really will show that their improvement. I think, um, you know, yeah. they made a lot of upgrades in certain position groups, like offensive line, um, you know, secondary. Uh, and if, and that's one game that uh, will definitely get them confidence in the rest of the season. I think it's, it's good that they don't have the same type of schedule that they had last year where they had three straight, I'm not going to include the Saints, but two straight or two out of three straight terrible opponents. And then uh, diluted the rest of of uh, the outlook on, on what people thought they'd be. And it gave them a false uh, sense of right. hope, 
you know, I, I, I didn't, I never thought the Panthers were really that good, even after those three games. I thought they were probably better than what I was expecting. Sure. But, you know, the competition that they played. So they don't have that same thing, which is good. Um, you know, the Giants probably aren't going to be that good. Um, but, you know, I think the Browns are going to be a good team. And then, like I said, weeks three through nine are going to be tough uh, regardless. Um, I look at this schedule and I say, you know, given the Panthers improve, I think the difference between the Panthers being a six and 11, uh, six and 12, six and 11 team. 11, yeah. Yeah, six and eleven team versus a eight and nine or nine and eight team, in my opinion, is is whether they can get an upgraded quarterback or whether they can get good quarterback play. Regardless, uh, if the Panthers can get a quarterback or upgrade this offseason because they're still, you know, eyeing the veteran market, whether that's a trade, um, I think that they could be a nine nine win team uh, probably because, you know, I've seen I've seen a lot of uh, kind of articles that, that say the Panthers is probably the worst team in the league. But, you know, I, I disagree with that, just given the fact that they've made a lot of improvements in certain areas and haven't taken a hit in other areas. And and you look at the factors that led to them being a, a 5-1 team, Christian McCaffrey's injury, the offensive line, and quarterback play. Those were the biggest things. And they've improved, um, you know, the offensive line and Christian McCaffrey, maybe he's healthy. So, you know, I, th- I think they can be a pick and get a quarterback, but it, I'm, I'm still a little skeptical on, on Sam Donald. Right, because, you know, to your point, the Panthers have addressed those key needs up front. Uh, the two things that are unknown, one is out of their control, the health of Christian McCaffrey, but one is with, with the quarterback situation. And, uh, you know, I keep going back and, forth, back and forth on how that uh, is going to shape out. Um, it, it seems destined for, for a veteran. Uh, who that veteran is, uh, we'll have to continue to wait and see. Uh, on, on the terms of the offensive line, uh, that's why I, I agree with you that this team is a lot closer, not a lot closer, but I, they're, they're leaning closer towards wild card contention than they are the first overall pick because of the work Scott Fitterer has done across this offensive line. Uh, if Iki Kwanu ends up being the starting left tackle, he's going to have a, a real tough um, stretch of games to start the year, week one. Miles Garrett, uh, week two, Thibodeau of the Giants. Then, of course, the Saints um, get after the quarterback. Chandler Jones, week four. Uh, Nick Bosa, week five. And Joey Bosa, week six. Uh, that's why, <laughs> right? Right back to back. That's why you draft a, a tackle at, at six overall because this league has monsters on, on the other side of the football. And you have to uh, have an answer for him, and especially on those got to have it and third downs. Transitioning to Ike McConnell and the and the rookies of this week in minicamp. Um, what were your your initial takeaways? A lot of fun seeing Ikuanu out there and watching Matt Corral be able to throw the football. Yeah, I mean, it's only but so much I think you can take away from it, uh, just given that you know the rookies are going against other rookies trying to make the team. It's not, it's not like they're going against the veterans. Um, you know, they're not, we're not able to see everything, you know, they're not able to do, um, you know, 11 on 11. They're not in pads, you know, Matt Corral, who, you know, could end up being the starter at some point, you know, did show flashes. He's a, definitely an athletic quarterback. He was, a, he was actually smaller than what I thought. Yeah. Smaller in, in terms of size. Um, you know, out there on the field, he's definitely going to have to make up for that in certain areas. Um, 
but he seems to have a lot of energy. His teammates seem to like him. Uh, it just depends on how he develops and how he learns the offense. Iko Mekwanu, love the energy, um, strong guy, you know, just bulldozing guys. So, um, you know, I think he's going to – it's definitely going to probably, you know, be an adjustment for him going from college to NFL level. But I, I definitely think he has a, a future um, as far as the other guys. You know, we'll, we'll have to see. I mean, Brandon Smith is somebody who they expect um, can play, you know, all three linebacker positions. And, you know, I think that they're going to need help at linebacker at some point. So I think Brandon Smith uh, definitely is going to be a guy who they're going to have to lean on in his first season. Um, so it was a lot of interesting things, not not too much to take away from it. But, um, you know, Matt Corral, uh, definitely a little smaller, but, you know, he definitely has the potential to be good. Yeah, um, I thought it was mesmerizing watching Matt Corral throw. Uh, I, I wrote, if you blink, you're going to miss his release. Uh, you know, that ball is in his hands and it's gone. Um, really the, the fastest I've ever seen in this league. Now that's not like put a gold jacket and, and get him ready for Canton type of a, a, a assessment. You know, you can you can have a quick release and the ball can spray sp- sporadically out of control and not go where you want it to go, right? So. Um, it's part of a complete package that still needs a lot of work and refining. Um, I thought his honesty at the podium when we got to talk to rookies uh, was telling. You know, I asked him, how, how do you think he performed today? And he said he threw the ball well, but mentally he was everywhere. And that's a pretty revealing quote. Uh, it tells you that this rookie learning curve for, for anybody, from Brandon Smith, who you mentioned, who I agree with you, they're going to have to uh, get some early production out of him. Uh, to, to if Matt Corral takes the field. These NFL playbooks are massive. They're expansive. Uh, the appendices, as Matt said in his presser, uh, just the meaning, all the different variations uh, and uh, formations and tags, motions, uh, different routes out of different leverages. I mean, the, these playbooks are so complex, and, and Matt Corral is just getting his first experience with that. I thought Icky uh, looked like every bit of a left tackle. Uh, you know, I, I got to see him in person at this pro day about a month and a half ago, but just being around him again and seeing him next to now his teammates, uh, the size difference is just, it's what stands out. Uh, he's going to be just so exciting to watch once I actually start putting the pads on and hitting. I thought Cade Mays just came out very intelligent, very sharp young man. Uh, his presser was pretty interesting. And then I, I, I got to mention Ben McAdoo. Uh, his fingerprints are already all over this offense. He had, in, to my eye, complete command of the seven-on-seven seven, uh, competitive team drills and what he wants out of his quarterbacks and how quickly they're getting rid of the football. And I, this team is going to go where the quarterback takes them, but Ben McAdoo is going to have a, a solid plan in place. Now, the Mike Tyson quote, of course, exists. Everyone has a plan, so you get punched in the face, right? We'll see how that they adjust. But um, Matt Rule also had quite high praise of, of Ben McAdoo. And I, and you can see the veteran hires on Matt's coaching staff, uh, again, already start to have their fingerprints on this team. And it makes you wonder why he didn't do that sooner. You, you get why. But uh, this is the NFL, and you need guys who, who have been around before. And now the Panthers coaching staff has that. And we could, we, that was apparent uh, during rookie mini camp already. Yeah. I didn't ask you this. What was your uh, – I, I said nine and eight. What was your your uh, initial 
and obviously there's some change, but what was your initial schedule prediction, record prediction for the Panthers? Yeah, I I just had the record flipped. I had eight and nine. Um, I'm I don't like doing these all too early, and of course that's why you prefaced it that way. You know, these these are subject to change. We just yeah. don't know enough. Uh, we don't even know who the starting quarterback of this team is going to be right now. So it's tough to be like, well, you know, uh, the, the quarterback X is going to outplay uh, Joe Burrow in Cincinnati because like we just don't have that information yet. So uh, yeah. I think I think both of our assessments tell us this. This is a 500 football team that's going to have a chance at a wild card spot because the NFC is down and they are just going to need to stay afloat once they get into November. And then if they stay around 500 uh, through that first touch, tough stretch and then definitely that middle stretch, that October uh, stretch of games, they're going to be right where they need to be to make a wild card spot and that's i mean that's the goal right i mean this team just needs to make the playoffs it's all i've heard since i got here yeah absolutely and awesome. um, i mean they, they got an improved team so you know i don't see why they would be a five-win team if they've improved in certain areas so right uh, they do definitely got to stay healthy though it's the number one key yep their, their best player needs to be on the field and that's christian mccaffrey and we we won't know until we know so all right jay uh anything else on the schedule anything on rookie minicamp you want to let out before we get out of here i think that's it all right my man well as always we thank y'all for listening stay tuned for part two of panther track podcast where i bring on Vaj lombardi and again we talk in depth on these panther rookies he watches the tape you're really going to want to hear what he has to say about iki kwanu matt corral and really the entire panthers offensive line he has some interesting takes uh, that I hope you stick around for. If, you, if you're passionate about Brady Christensen, you're going to want to hear what my boy Vach has to say. So stick around for part two. Welcome back to the Panthers Tracks podcast. We have a very special guest awaiting, Vach Lombardi, who's an expert on all things NFL. He watches the tape. He's a, he's a Cowboys guy, but really his knowledge around the league is someone who I've leaned on, and it is an honor to have him back on the show. So without further ado, let's bring in Vach Lombardi. What's Vach, good? Man, how you doing? Hey, man, you know, just, a, just another day at the job, man, talking a little bit of draft. Shake my hand. Appreciate you, man. My man, my man. I'm glad we're able to do this. Of course, you can catch Vach live exclusively streaming on the volume youtube channel monday through friday starting at 4 p.m eastern 3 p.m central my man how's that show going for you hey man it's going great man it's, it's um you know me and you kind of talked about this for like two seconds but like content is like slowly but surely taking this thing over sure. so uh you know the the volume I, I think they started off as like being like tv people but you know, I like, hey, just kind of trust what we're doing over here and it'll be great. And uh we've been doing some, you know, pretty good things, you know, draft season is now. But when football season kicks up, uh hey, we're gonna we're gonna uh, try to get raises over there. So everything's going good, man. That's what's up, man. I know you'll be in your bag all season, man. And if you sure. get some time, enjoy this offseason to relax at some point. I know we got mini camp coming up and then mandatory camp. It don't stop for you, huh? There's no such thing. I got about about a week and a half. Cause look, draft just happened. So now we actually got things to talk about. So I'm gonna right. talk about draft for a little bit and i may have a day and a half but then hey rookie stuff happens rookie meetings happen then free agency can happen at any time so i got to stay by the phone by the computer and then when when training camp hits you know in like august you know july something yeah. like that it's not, it's not gonna stop until next year and before you know it senior bowl is back in january so it, it really doesn't stop 
Yeah, that, that's the NFL calendar for you, man. 12-month season. And like you said, we got rookie minicamp coming up this weekend for the Carolina Panthers. I'm excited to get my first look at Ika McQuanu, Matt Corral and company. So let's just start right there with the draft. Like you said, these players have finally found landing spots. We got things to talk about. But if I can take you back to like a week before the draft, um, you and I, the last time we linked up like this, I was covering the Cleveland Browns, and they were in a spot picking 10th overall and they needed a tackle, right? And we, it's very similar. I had you on to break down Jedrick Wills, Makai Becton, Andrew Thomas. I'm probably missing one more in there, but this class, felt, yep, this class, yeah, works. Tristan works, yep. This class felt similar in a way where there were like three tackles, maybe two who separated themselves. So if you could, um, just walk me through this tackle class uh, and, and your thoughts before they all found a landing spot. So it, it's it's sort of different in this way. Like that draft was more so of a flavor of ice cream type deal. What kind of guy do you like? Um, I think with this year's class, it was more so what are you comfortable with being on your team for five years, right? I often say, are you floor guy or are you ceiling guy? And I'm a combination of both. I like for my floor to be high, but I like the upside, but only if you can play right now. So if you look at Charles Cross, who was my third of the guys, right? He wasn't the most physically imposing guy. He was a solid athlete, but he played in that Mississippi State, you know, Mike Leach system. We're going to throw the ball 60 times a game. So he had solid pass pro. But, you know, there was questions about run game. There was questions about whether he was physically imposing. But if you want a technique guy, he was good to go. Evan Neal is like the balance of the two to where, you know, there's some technique flaws that he had, but he's a He's a Bama guy. Bama guys are mostly reliable um, to where he wasn't as physical as, you know, let's just say another player that went to the Carolina Panthers. But he was more physical than Charles was. Right. When you look at Iquanu, right, his technique wasn't great at all. Like, but, mm -hmm. but that's where the ceiling comes from. Right. If you can fix his ceiling, what can he be? So that just makes him ceiling guy already. Like he can grow and fix. He, he can work on his hand placement, his feet, working on his hips, things like that. But not being able to do the technical things, but still smoke anybody that he lined up against, that baseline of a floor made me love him more than the other guys, right? And we saw him, you know, you can just see him whooping guys like Jermaine Johnson. If if yeah. if you need some some kind of a comparison versus a uh versus a uh pro guy, he had it. And he just got this mean streak, this nastiness about him, this bullying. Uh, plus he's like super athletic for his size, right? Like him going to second and third level, knocking people out, finding work, leading running backs down the field on these big plays. So he was my he was my number one guy. I'm not just saying this because we're doing Panthers work yeah. here, but go find my work. It's on the Internet. Good thing about it. Uh, you know, he was my number one guy, but he was also the best player in the whole draft for me. So the fact that y'all got him at six, yeah, six. So the fact that y'all got him at six, um, I don't know, maybe the teams in front of you guys, they prioritize defense or whatever, because those defenders started flying off the board. Uh, but in my personal opinion, y'all got the best player in the draft. So that's that. Well, Panther fans are ecstatic to hear that. And take me to now draft day, as you just said, those first five picks go off the board and we're talking five straight defenders. Mm -hmm. uh, three edge rushers, two corners, I believe. Mm -hmm. How surprising was that to you to see that happen? Uh, Trevon Walker, that whole situation was kind of weird for me because I I watch film, so I rely on film mostly, right? And it's it's weird when you look at, you know, so I encourage everybody, I love doing this because I love picking on like national media dudes. Uh, like go backwards to, to like these way, way too early mock drafts that they yeah. dropped. And you look for Trevon Walker, he wasn't up there. He was in the late to teens or something like that. He was in the 20s, maybe, you know, whatever team had him. And the funny part, his film didn't change. 
he had the same film where y'all had him in the 20s where you know he's drafted first overall now but you have a you know a pro day that you think is cool you have this this fun little combine you know you show off your athleticism but did the film really change i'm film guy uh but it goes back to asking are you floor guy or ceiling guy i would have much rather gone for the guy that i've seen do it uh i've seen aiden hutchison do it i've seen him punch people they explode i see him win with technique and those guys kind of go underrated these these i'm not the most athletic guys in the world but i'm good with my hand technique these max crosby guys we know that the bosses are like that uh those guys don't really get a lot of respect because they're not super bendy or the most athletic guys in the world but i'm just more so concerned about the sex i seen jj watt do it you know i just just line up and show me can you get to the quarterback and if you can i don't really care how you do it um but yeah there was a run on defenders and you know we saw uh we saw sauce and we saw stingley going i don't mind stingley going that high because stingley's freshman campaign was some of the best cornerback tape I've ever seen in my whole life ever. So I don't mind him going that high, but the fact that, you know, Ikeem fell to number six was kind of weird to me, but whatever y'all, y'all got good. Yeah. And the Panthers GM and head coach talked immediately after the pick and said they were shocked. You know, they run all these simulations and what have you. And there was not a single scenario according to them where all three of those tackles were available for So for a team like the Panthers who were set on drafting an offensive player, the, the draft really in a way started with them at six and they get their number one tackle and, and Akeem and who you at number one as well. Go ahead. And the, and the, the, the thing that I find hilarious, like, and, and I don't want to sound like I'm tapped in or anything like that, but y'all love cross though. Just, just in the, just in the pre-draft like lead up or whatever. I was just hearing that. Hey, we like, we love cross. We, if he's there, we're going to take him. But if cross and Equanu is there, you know, my bad. You know what I mean? So, exactly. that, that should, so that should tell you how much you should be confident in this. I came Equanu pick. Yeah, yeah, and I actually I mocked uh, them with Charles Cross just after you know having conversations with people, and then just playing the draft out itself. Like I just thought there was no way Iki falls that far, and if they were going to pick between Evan Neal and him, they were probably going to go Cross. Uh, but you know, but they didn't have to make that decision. So now when we're looking at Iquanu, the Panthers are trying to install a downhill power run scheme. They were more wide zone last year. Uh, just talk a little bit about how he's going to fit in that scheme specifically as you uh, watch the tape. So I think he's so raw that he can play anything. Like if you're if you want to lean more into, hey, we're going to run some gap stuff. We need you to blow guys off the ball. Then he can do that. If you're going to go and run some outside zone, we're going to get him to reach these twos and threes and ones. He can do all that stuff, too. Uh, the 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 Panthers been been kind of just compiling offensive linemen or whatever. Exactly. So it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's going to be a fight regardless of what happens. Um, so. I've heard some people kind of say that he would start off at guard or whatever. And I mean, you can put him at guard if you would like to, but you know, uh, Taylor Moten's there, right? At, at right tackle. Yep. He should have his head on a swivel. You know what I'm saying? Like I, it's, it, it's just, it's just not going to be, you know, just a, just a wide open thing. I don't know who y'all necessarily have playing left tackle, but I can see him being a guy that can just come in day one. Like, Hey, I'm left tackle. I know that there's reservations, right? Well, he's not the technical guy. Uh, should we put him at right tackle? Should we put him at, you know, guard or something like that? No, I think he's he's athletic, he's athletic enough. He's strong enough. He's gifted enough um, to where he could just line up at your premier spot, which is the left tackle, and just let that dude fly. And you don't even have to look around. What, what I want, personally, I was a huge um, – Brown, Deontay Brown fan, right? Yeah. From uh, Bama. I was a huge fan of him. Yeah. Just big as hell, strong as hell, mean yeah. as hell. I don't know what y'all got to do to just put both them humongous men on the on the same side of the center and just let them move guys off the ball. But that sounds like a fun little deal to me. So um, yeah, just play him anywhere, whatever, whatever works. But he'll be he'll be great there. 
That's fascinating. So there's going to be an odd man out here. I mean, and you can never collect enough linemen and talented ones, of course. But if we're talking starting five, um, they've got a, a second year left tackle guard in Brady Christensen, who they really like. And then, yeah, y'all got y'all got Brady playing guard. I think Brady 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 kind of small to be playing guard, huh? Right. So he they're comfortable with him at tackle, but now with this Iki pick, you would expect Iki to be at left, and then at left guard. Yeah. You know, Brown could come in. They also like this kid and Michael Jordan. So it's going to be a, a bloodbath in camp when when you really get to fighting for these spots. Uh, because, look, like, we, I mean, we just went out and named three or four guys for, for two spots, really. That right side is going to be held down by Taylor Moten at right sure. tackle and Austin Corbett uh, coming from the Rams here and then probably center Bradley Bozeman. So uh, for a line that was one of the worst in the league last year, it, it, just from your smile, it sounds like they turned it around a little bit. So look, so look, pardon me, Taylor Moten is fine. Brady Christian's gonna have to sit down somewhere. We're just gonna put we just gonna put Icky right there at left tackle. We just gonna move on with our life. Sorry, Brady. That's incredible. I can't wait for fans to hear that. We're gonna be talking about that all offseason, man. That's really gonna be the battle to watch. Sure. Um, so as we as we get out of this the, the the lineman part of this draft and focus on what every draft really tends to be about is the quarterbacks or the lack thereof this year. Mm-hmm. Um, we see Kenny Pickett be the only quarterback taken in the first two rounds and then we see a, a run of third round quarterbacks uh Desmond Ritter Malik Willis and then the Panthers land Matt Corral similar to how I set up the the tackle question how did you have those top three or four guys uh, uh ranked in your pre-draft process um Willis was my number one guy uh Matt was two for me Sam Howell was like my third and Kenny was uh was a uh, fourth and not that I just think Kenny Piggott is terrible I just you know just that Kenny Piggott just didn't move me in any yeah. kind of way um there was an article on the athletic you know uh I forgot uh, Bruce Feldman I believe to where he just went around asking different GMs and things of that nature and there was a lot of guys that just wasn't in on Kenny Piggott neither so I love that you know just me being content creative they'd be like well Vach you just do YouTube why should we listen to you all right cool these GMs agree with me Kenny Pickett doesn't blow everybody away in that, you know, in that, you know, he's just going to play. He plays in Pittsburgh now, a cold weather place, and he plays against cold weather teams with his little bitty hands in his gloves. So uh, that's going to be something that they're going to have to deal with. But it's just strange to me. I thought Malik Willis was like clear, yeah. um, clear guy that you would want to go with. Um, quarterback is so much about intangibles, man. It's, 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 it's not really what it used to be to where I want the 6'5 guy with the, with the cannon and the big build or whatever you know i like intangibles i like guys to where you know if you see it downfield you you take that chance and you let it rip malik willis is let it rip guy to me it just happens that he's also big arm talent guy plus he has the wheels to make it shake and um if you have a good play caller a good oc then a quarterback with legs you can pretty much win games and live and that's that's what i also liked about matt you know matt you know, he has he just 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 overall tough dude, physical yeah. dude. Like you'll see him run around and try to run people over in the SEC. Uh, but he was right. also one of those one of those fearless get the ball downfield guys. I hate a check down Charlie, man. I can't stand a check down Charlie. And I, I understand everybody has a read progressions, things like that. But take a chance. Take a chance. And if you don't take that chance, I'm starting to think you're not confident in your own arm. Matt Corral think he can make he can make all the throws. He think he can run everybody over. And Malik Willis is the same kind of guy. So regardless of what national media thinks about those two. Two guys those were my top two guys this year another thing panther fans will love to hear we, the panthers got your number one player number one tackle and, and your number one quarterback and didn't have to spend too much capital to do so uh what kind of thrower in your opinion are is carolina getting in matt Corral? 
Oh man. So like, so we talked about confidence. We talked about a guy that makes these reads. We talk about a guy that just lets it rip. Th- there was this, this portion of like Carolina dumb and I'm a cowboy fan. So everybody pardon me, but there was this streak that, that Panthers went on and everybody like, all right, Sam. All right. But you know, like you beat the Jets. All right, cool. But then Cowboys show up and, all that kind of goes away. And then yeah. Sam started to look timid a little bit. Sam started to, you know, hold on to the ball, the extra tick. You know, we don't get that a lot from Matt Corral. I'm not going to super hype up Matt Corral because right. if we're talking about arm talent. I would say Sam Darn- uh, Sam has a better uh, better arm than Matt. Like, Matt's not going to blow you away with arm talent. But I like the willingness to just get rid of the football, man. Get, get the ball to you guys. If you got guys, just get the ball to them. That could lead to mistakes. That could lead to interceptions. But if you are giving me a couple touchdowns in exchange for an interception, I'll take that. Um, and Ole Miss wasn't really a team that was, like, super, you know, super great, super talented. But, you know, he made that that team fun to watch this year. I think yeah. they only lost, like, three games in the SEC or something like that. So, back around, complain to me, man. You know, in this quarterback class as a whole, it you know, it wasn't the the – the best class or anything like that but you know what you know what quarterback class is you know when do we look at quarterbacks and think we're just so arrogant as fans and you know media people that we just got it all figured out it's always the dudes that we never see coming that end up making the biggest impact i think matt corral if i just had to roll the dice in the bathroom for one dude that could just be very unassuming but he has great intangibles and great traits a little bit of athleticism he's a gangster he runs people over and he's a good locker room guy i think i think i think corral could be a dude that could be something for you in the league and the best thing about it you didn't have to spend your six overall picks roll that dice on that guy right and because everybody had kenny pegged right there at number six which would have been we'd be having a very different conversation right now to be fair with 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 the six overall pick compared to the third round pick that you probably spent to get or whatever 94 you're not getting that much difference from Kenny Pickett to Matt Corral anyway like like Kenny Pickett being the 20th overall player you would imagine it'll make him that much better than Corral, but in real life it doesn't. So you know, good for y'all. That's a that's a pretty good value pick and a and a, and a really safe experiment for y'all. It's well put. All right, Botch, you're the GM of the Carolina Panthers. Your quarterback room is Sam Darnold, Matt Corral, PJ Walker. Are you rolling into training camp with those three, or are you still exploring a way to get Jimmy Garoppolo or Baker Mayfield into Carolina? Hey man, quarterbacks in the league suck, man. Baker not gonna make big change. Jimmy's not gonna make big change. J- J- Jimmy is a is a product of where he's at, and if he's smart, he better not leave. J- Jimmy J- Jimmy better 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 stay with those offensive geniuses over there. Oh, I- I'll I'll be a backup here. No worries. We'll just we'll, whatever. Hey, just keep paying me. Whatever. Jimmy better not go and try to be the man somewhere. And the same with um with Baker. You know, quarterback. You know, it's it's one of those things where if you got one, you got one. If you don't, you don't. There's no like middle of the road guys. There's no hey. We're we're just going to get a little bit better. Nah, you got one or you don't. So um, if it was me, I don't see it, – it, it comes down to upside, right? And, you know, you you have Sam, but you know who he is. You have PJ, but you know – you definitely know who, who, who PJ is. Uh, so you might as well throw Matt in the water, right? You might as well – and this is my thing also too because I believe in house building. I don't just want to just take guys and and the house isn't built, right? Carolina seems to have a pretty decently built house. You're just missing like quarterback stuff. So if we just talked about how the offensive line room is full and we just got wide receivers that we can get the ball to, there's a running back of course that's there. Uh, and, you know, you just – take time to build defense over the years yeah throw matt in there it's not like he doesn't have anybody to throw to or like a running back to hand the ball off to so just go with the upside you know what sam is and you know what you're getting from sam which 
got you the sixth overall pick. So just go ahead and roll with Matt and just see what you got. And if it and if it's bad again, then spend one of your top picks on quarterback next year. Those guys are allegedly supposed to be better, but I find that out in January. So you would not be surprised if Matt Crowell's the Carolina Panthers starter in week one. Oh, I'd be shocked, but you asked me what I would do. You you asked me what you know, I, I you know, these because these these uh these GMs, these these coaches, man, their job is on the line. So right. they they like to go with something, they like to go with the higher with the higher floor. They want to go, hey, what can you can you win for me now? Like like this upside stuff is cool. Like this, yeah. you can be good in three years, stuff is cool, but like I may not make it in three years, right? That's what these coaches and these GMs are thinking. But if you asking Vaj hypothetically, and I'm never getting fired ever because I own the team like Jerry Jones or something, I'm starting Matt Corral. I'm just trying to see what I got in the kid. What if you got something in the kid? What if you got all you know, think about starting starting guys in the league this year or just whatever. How many first overall pick dudes end up being like the guys it's always like these second round dudes these russell wilson's these dak prescott's these kirk cousins that end up in the later rounds that really end up being the guys for you we just never really know because we don't have a grasp on what quarterback really is matt corral could be a tony romo for you but you don't but you don't know because you want to start sam darnold no throw matt out there and see what you got because you know what sam is yeah they're gonna have to find out or you know jobs are on the line either way so go ahead and find out all right, we're going to get out of here soon, but I want to give you a chance, uh, you know, a, a minute, two minutes to talk about your Cowboys, where are they at? Amari Cooper is gone now. What did you think of the first round selection? The floor is yours, Vox. Tell y'all something, man. My yeah. Cowboys won the Super Bowl, bro, just like that. And let me tell you something, man. This, this, is, this is something y'all need to understand. I need everybody. So, so listen, everything that I said on this show was super serious and it was super straight. But I'm a fan now, so, like, y'all don't have to deal with me. Yeah. Listen, man, the Cowboys are going to win the Super Bowl, man, because there's this thing called offseason improvement, man. My good, beloved offseason peanut butter, bro. You could talk about any of the guys that we lost. That's fine. Talk about the guys that we lost. But, not, but, but when you do that, when you're done talking about who we lost, Talk about who we brought in and talk about the characters that was here last year that get better. We just finished talking about quarterbacks for like five to six to ten minutes. However long we was talking about quarterbacks. Quarterbacks get good when they go into their 30s, right? You know, you, 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 you look at guys like Aaron Rodgers. You look at, you know, Ben Roethlisberger. You look at Russell Wilson. They were cool when they were youngsters, but they really didn't turn into those guys. That we look at, y'all, them dudes, until they were like 29, 30. Dak Prescott's getting into that phase of his life. He's getting there, right? And then you got this improvement thing. Oh, we get CeeDee Lamb a year better. We get Oso Digizua a year better. We get uh, Trey Diggs a year better. We get Micah Parsons a year better. Don't tell me. Don't tell me that the Cowboys aren't going to be significantly a thing in this league. I know you're not going to agree with me. Whoever's listening, whoever's watching, that's fine. That's your prerogative. It's cool to hate on Cowboy fans. I, I hate Cowboy fans also, but you're not going to sit up here and tell me that a year two of Dan Quinn isn't going to make some shakeup in here. Kellen Moore is going to continue to improve. <laughs> Offensive line gets a little more physical. You kidding me? Cowboys on their way, man, but they don't want to hear me talk about that, though. Y'all should have to come back and just check on me later on the volume and Vosh Lombardi just, just, just so I can gloat and show y'all how right I was in the middle of the season. Hey, man, the one, the only Vosh Lombardi. We know where to find you. We appreciate you coming on Panthers track. One of the best content creators I know, and he only is blowing up. My man, I appreciate the time. And we might get a Cowboys, Panthers, wild card, divisional round. It's a crazy league. You never know, my guy. 
For sure, for sure. The the Falcons are gonna suck. The Saints got questions in Tampa Bay. We'll see. So you never know what's gonna happen. Maybe, you know, maybe I like how you said a wild card. You cleaned it up real good right there. I like it. That's good stuff right there. For sure. Yeah. We'll do it. All right, my man. We'll talk soon. Appreciate you as always. Yes, sir. All right, G.